3: You're listening to
0: Gresh and Fourier on WEEI.
4: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app.
0: And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
1: This, this this
0: is your... This, are you, were you serious with this? <laughs> up, up with people. You can stick it right up yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is what, 1982. Up with people. This is one of the more famous... Really? Yeah. This sounds like something you would see on, like, you know, PBS, like, you know, early morning learning channel for kids where, like, the puppets are singing this. Like, and there's a big jamboree of all these different animals playing instruments. Like something you would see at Chuck E. Cheese. This is, you were eight years old when this happened. Yeah, that's right. But I remember it. It's memory burn. It's a first. As soon as you said halftime show, it's the first one I remembered. And when you googled it, what did you say? I can't believe this is a real thing. I, I, I honestly, God, you he, learned something it, today. It, from I, me, I, didn't I did. You? Oh, speaking of learning, real quickly, let's play a game, real quick. Uh, real quickly, since we're on the topic of uh, of uh, a halftime shows, question for you. Okay. Can you name the last five Super Bowl halftime acts? Okay, starting in 2023. Obviously, we know this year is Usher. Can you name the last five? In, in no particular order, Gresh. So you got over from 2023 uh, to, let me see here. One, two, three, four. Oh, 2019. 2019 to 2023. Mm, can you name the top the last yeah five. you asked me the one thing that i ha- don't watch with the super bowl like i don't care i'll i'll guess uh oh uh, i mean I it don't... wasn't jay-z but it was, here, it was i'll give beyonce, you credit one of them jay-z beyonce something like that or beyonce whatever oh you know what i thought you were saying uh no no that was not yeah i don't know billy you got a guess yeah i have no idea you got to guess. I one knew the of last one. I
2: was the uh, Dr. Dre. G. Yep, Dr. that's one, one. That's one. Uh, there was uh, J. Lo. Shakira. Yep, that's two. And I'm kind of drawing a blank. Um, oh, Rihanna was last year. Yep. Yeah,
0: yes, actually, that's three out of the five. Uh, two that you guys are missing. Ruined five. Oh, did you guess oh, that or did you look it up?
2: No, I I knew it.
0: Okay, and then okay, it's so the only one that we're missing. The weekend. Yes, the weekend. And uh, there you go. There's your last five. Can you name the first five? There's the, a better question. The first. Five? Can you name the Can you get one of the first five? Because this marching band. Okay, I'm gonna give you credit for that. Because <laughs> oh, I said the Tulane band. The other day, I don't know if they're mixed in there because there were early ones in New Orleans. Yeah, so so Billy said a marching band. Yeah. 1967, University of Arizona and Grambling State marching band. Then 1968, just the Grambling State band. Okay. Uh, then you go 1969, uh, it says, quote, America, thanks, with Florida A&M, university band. And then in 1970, they said, you know what? Let's hire Carol Shanning. Carol Channing to kind of go ahead and do some halftime stuff, and then they said she sucked so bad. Let's go back to the Florida A and M band in 1971. Oh, my and then what word. they started doing? They started saluting things. Salute to Louis to Louis Armstrong in 1972. Oh, uh, uh, let's go. Let's salute. Uh, you know, uh, music in America with the University of Texas band. They just kept using all these college bands. Hey, here's another. Let's tribute. Let's make a tribute to. Duke Ellington in 1970 and 75 with Gramley State Band. Uh, 20 years of and just a baby, tribute to America's bicentennial. So they really kind of shifted. It was a real real weird, what do we do with this? Should we have some bands? Yeah, we got to have a band because that's what you traditionally do. They kind of like flirted with a musical act that people recognize. And then they said, screw it, we're going full mainstream. Well, it went commercial. Yeah, yeah, it went commercial. Right, it went commercial. I mean, uh, you know, hey, uh, how many... And really, the the Super Bowl has now gotten so big, there are acts that are, like, lining up who want to perform at the Super Bowl that they're now getting people to do it for free. I'm trying to think about... It. So, wasn't oh, it... Oh, yeah. So, a couple years ago, The Weeknd, I do believe... Yeah, The Weeknd did a, a halftime show. Yeah. I think he personally... Put like six million dollars into the show, and then the next day after the Super Bowl, he was, uh, his songs were the number in terms of an artist, the number one downloads the day after the Super Bowl, yeah. and I think he ended up making like gobs of money off of it. Basically, you know, like Dan Aykroyd and John Goodman and James Belushi. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. They yeah, were yeah. part He's of the like, yep, halftime yep. show in nineteen ninety seven. The hell. And then then you then you really get then you went back in 2002 then you had U2, Shania Twain, Janet Jackson, Kid Rock, we all remember that, right? Justin Timberlake, Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, Prince, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, The Who, Black Eyed Peas, Madonna. I mean, you're right. It just went full-on commercial Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Beyoncé, Bruno Mars. And there you go. Yep. So there's a bet that you lost. You couldn't name one. Well, I didn't, didn't know. any. I didn't know I was supposed to be prepared for it. This has nothing to do with two. being prepared. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, honest to God, I couldn't give two monkey craps about the halftime. I don't watch it. I don't care about it. The Super Bowl halftime to me is so just not interesting. I judge by the lady in my house. Or if there are youngs there watching, they can tell me all about it or whatever. I've never gotten a... Now, put Red Panda out there and maybe I'll pay attention. Like, you know, give me some spinning bowls on a... Give me some spinning bowls on a unicycle or something. All right, there you go. And I will say this. Uh, whatever, whatever Super Bowl Katy Perry did, that one caught my eye. Because that well, was... Uh, 2015. Okay, that was the so that was, So... That that we were in the broadcast booth and. Uh, at, this, at the game? Oh, yeah. So we're, we're there early. What were you doing? It might have been like either the day before. I mean, we were taping something, I okay. think, for like. Because halftime was so long. I think we taped something with Jonathan Kraft or whatever, right? And this might have even been the morning of the game because we this had. This was such Arizona, a long, right? No, this was Indy. This oh, would have been. Okay, so Katy Perry was doing a walkthrough. And, oh, Yeah. And there were uh, this was prime time, Katie Perry. This was pride. This and uh, yeah, I was uh, my uh, my other spastic NFL friend. We were fighting over the binoculars to get a <laughs> gander because she wasn't in like the full uniform. It was the oh, Katie rolled out of bed with a sweatshirt and leggings on, and everybody was just gawking while she was, like, working through everything. And, you know, it was, like, give me that thing. Give me the binoculars, you know. (laughs) Everybody's, like, trying to look in there to be Uh able to get a gander at Katy Perry. Well, uh, WEEI's Big Game Sunday, it's uh, Fitzy and Keith and Hart with your Super Bowl pregame from eight to eleven a.m. on Sunday, then BetQL is in with Costos for a little while, Boomer and Valenti, and then the Westwood One pregame show. Uh, I do believe begins at two. I think it's uh, like a four and a half hour pregame or something like that from our uh, friends at Westwood One. But you know, you got local coverage, then BetQL, then Boomer and Valenti, and then that uh, that takes you right into the game. Are you still Mahomes? And KC. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you heard what uh, Lou said, right? I did. So he is with it's, you. It's, just, it's been so many years of just learning my lesson with Brady and watching other people learn their lesson the hard way with Brady. And it's the same kind of definition. This team is more talented. They should win. They have better players, blah, blah, blah. It's just the Mahomes factor. Do I think – like Purdy has the ability to make a play, of course. I think the defense of San Francisco can kind of slow down, absolutely. But when it comes to just magic time, if you want to call it that, and the offense has to win it, get him in field goal position, it's Mahomes. I just, I don't know. I just can't, you know, I just can't deny that aspect of this game. And if anyone should know about it and how it works, it's people who follow or follow the New England Patriots. Well, there is a part of me that is sort of kind of struggling with the experience factor. With whose side? San Francisco? Well, because San Francisco is kind of a uh, hodgepodge of guys who have kind of been there, done that, played playoff football at a really high level, and then you have Brock Purdy where this is the virgin excursion for him to the Super Bowl. Like with Christian McCaffrey, it's kind of the same thing, you know? um Chase Young not Chase Young uh uh the the yeah Bosa. Chase Young yeah oh, okay. no Jason for the 49 but, 49ers but defense. no but but there are guys on the 49ers who have been there who know how to handle it who have played in the Super Bowl who kind of know what it's all about and normally you would just look at the team that hasn't been there very often and be like well you know the experience factor is going to be all Kansas City I'm not so sure about that. And you said something that stuck with me yesterday that I think actually helps the 49ers. And that is that Kyle Shanahan has been here before, not only as a head coach, but also an offensive coordinator. So there is the, what did I do wrong? How could I have called things differently? 28 to three, that collapsed pretty easy to break down. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo missing one throw in a big spot that cost him a chance to win a championship a couple years ago. If you're Kyle Shanahan, Don't go early Sean McVay. Oh, I'm going against Bill. I'm going against Bill. I'm going to outsmart him and stay up 900 hours this week and get all these plays. Like, there is none of that. On the whole, I think these are people who are playing in this game who kind of know how to handle the moment. Whereas normally, I would have given Kansas City a much bigger advantage had there been a bunch of virgin 49ers who'd never been to the Super Bowl. Hmm. I don't know. where's you. Where do you land on what was the difference between 03 and 04 for you? Just in terms of Super Bowl experience, because some of these guys are, you know, clearly going through that where they have a depth of knowledge to pull from. I mean, I guess it is a thing, but it's just you just understand how to handle the week, how to handle the responsibilities, all your friends calling you, everybody wanting something. Being pulled in 20 different directions, uh, you know, resisting the temptation to, you know, act like you're part of the party, not the party. Like you are the party. They're coming to see you, they're coming to watch you. You're the reason why everybody is there. Um, and you'll have plenty of time to kind of let your hair down when it's all said and done. Managing the halftime, pregame, there were really no nerves. I will say that. There were no real nerves. Just like, okay, let's just get it over with already. You just want it so badly to get into a flow of the game, run that first play, get that first catch, make that first tackle, and then it's just a normal game. Really normal. Elongated halftime where you can literally get undressed, shower, and get retaped and get started all over again. But I can honestly say, like I, other than seeing some stars on the sideline, you're going, wow, that's really cool. I mean, I'm right next to Beyonce. This is amazing. She's about to sing this. You know, the national anthem is awesome. Other than that, no big deal. What about the pregame? The pregame, you know, this is just so long. It's just so long. No, I know, long. but that's as a player, you're going in, what, 40 minutes before kick after you warm up or something like that? Everything like, it's different is, than any other normal time yeah. on a regular game. I always thought it was funny. Some guys would go out there and they would wear themselves out, like in warm up, and it's individual warm up, not team warm up. So even when I was doing the warm-up, I was literally going through the motions. I wasn't even trying. I didn't feel like wasting my time because I knew I was going to go back in, lose my lather, lose my sweat, and then start all over again. Did you know that? Or did what you Bill get did. smartened up?
4: Bill Can we said, carry this
0: over? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'll yeah. tell you, he had it He had it timed out and he gave us a cue when to really get serious. Oh, BB and Q in getting serious.
3: I like it.
2: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella,
3: the mark of a fighter. Trick
2: responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Tell your smart speaker to play 93 7
0: WEEI. Gretchen Fourier on WEEI. I want to get back to the first hand experience of you, Fourier. On the. The way Bill Belichick maybe tried to manage you guys because uh, San Francisco and Kansas City are going to have to go through the elongated pregame on Sunday. They're going to have that long halftime. There there are the pitfalls. And San Francisco has a healthy group of guys who have played in the Super Bowl before, and we know a lot of the Kansas City guys have been there And for you, we were just talking about the the warm-up and things like that and the difference between year one and year two. So how was Bill about the cues and maybe trying to handle it so that you didn't gash yourself out in pregame? Well, well, that was it. That was just the whole, uh, you know, hey, listen, let me explain to you how these things are going to work. Now, the first time I heard it was the second time they went to the Super Bowl. The first time, obviously, was that a 2001 team. Uh, skip a year, then it was like, hey, let me uh, let me tell this, explain this to you all over again. The one thing I remember is, hey, after like the, the whole before you go out to a game, um, on the big whiteboard dry erase board, there's a, a an itinerary. Um, one o'clock game, uh, ten o'clock this, ten fifteen. These guys go out eleven o'clock, twelve. It, it, every single. Quarter hour or hour, or whenever is is uh, explained to you. This is when we're going out. This is when we take the field. This is the coin flip. That was for the Super Bowl also, but it was like the longest list I'd ever seen because there's so there's so much time. Everything was filled with something. I remember like uh, it was almost like a flare gun, but it wasn't a flare gun. But it was like, hey, after this happens, now is when you mm-hmm. have X amount of time, exactly two minutes and thirty seconds before we actually get ready, right? So don't basically don't don't be premature. Don't waste all your energy yep. uh, at this point in time because by the time you really need to go, you know, you're going to need your energy because the whole day is long. You know, you got to bus in. It's, you're there early, and you can't – I mean, and God forbid you win, then you can't get out. You're but just how, there forever. You know what? How different is it from, like, a normal Sunday night kick or something like that? Like, just in terms of – Is there an extra meeting the night before? Is there an extra meeting the day of? Can you overthink it? Do you back off the guys on Sunday morning? Do you still put structure? Like, how, how, what what was the best way you found for You've had two weeks to prep for this game. Your game plan is already in the week before you leave to go to the Super Bowl. So that game plan's already in. You've been repping the same plays. Practice is now shorter because there's just, you don't need to be on the field as much. Um, but yeah, you 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 know you'll have a if it's a night game. So here it's a, so everyone I played in was like, what? Well, the East Coast here in Florida, then in, in Texas. So uh, yeah, you'll have a meeting. Uh, it's just nothing but meetings. And at some point in time, we're like, okay, we everybody knows everything. The most important meeting really is the night before the game. That's the one. When you meet again, if it's a night game, let's say uh, we're in Florida, and we're playing. That game, you're going to have another meeting in the morning. Make sure everybody's there. Quick little updates, and then you're gone. That's it. Make sure you show up for breakfast. Bus leaves here. First bus, second bus. Some guys take a cab over there, which I never understood. Yeah, right? I never understood. The first bus leaves so early. I did not understand why guys were so uptight. They they would hop in a cab and drive to the game. That's insane. Like you know, Why do you want to be there five hours early? Yeah, that, that feels a little weird. That feels baseball And they would be in their pants. Knee braces on, cleats on. I'm like, what are you doing? Just hanging out. Nervous energy. What was the difference between one and two in terms of the way you handled it? Like your first and your second. Uh, for me, it was just so much easier because, again, I you know what to expect. Anything you thought you did wrong the first time, you adjust it the second time. And for and for the guys that I play with, this is their third time, so it was no big deal. Getting your hey, hey, come early. I got my kids on the field, hung out with them, realized I had so much time. Take advantage of just the whole special opportunity that it is. And then uh, once they get in, once my kids, I remember they went to the stands. Like that, that was it. So you were in a home locker room for one and a visitor's for the I other don't, one? I don't even remember. You don't even and remember the locker it? room was so insignificant to me. No, yeah, I was gonna say I, but I didn't know if it was set up differently, if it broke guys' routines. You the know, crazy little- thing is that the after the game, the, the locker room is so packed. There's so many people. You can understand why someone would be able to get in there and steal Brady's jersey. People everywhere, tons of credentials. You know, family members, media members, beat writers, you know, whatever. It's just packed. There's nowhere to go. Everybody doing interviews. Everybody. People that you did interviews with during the week or on on media day, they're in there asking you a follow-up question. So I remember the coolest thing for me was, like, uh, the Tonight Show was there. And they had a couple guys, like, doing interviews. So I got to be on the Tonight Show, like, twice. Oh, really? Yeah. That was cool. Was it Jay Leno, I think? It was Jay 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 Leno. Stuttering John. Some other guy. guy. Some other random guy that that was doing these interviews on Media Day and after the game. Yeah, that was it. Holy cow. All right, we got a couple of people who want in. Eddie in the car wants to talk about the Super Bowl. Eddie, go ahead.
1: Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, I got a feeling about this game. Number one, I really don't particularly like Kansas City, so I'm having a hard time rooting for them. So this is what I decided to do. I have San Francisco even money, and I connected them with the under because it seems like Kansas City's defense is just so strong this year, and I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'm hoping that San Fran um, can get the win, and um, I don't have to lay any points. And I, What's it an under? 47-and-a-half? Is that what the over-under is?
0: 47-and-a-half uh, as we sit here right now, Eddie.
1: Yes. Well, hi Phil. what do you guys think? Who do you like? What do you like?
0: Uh, You know, a lot of people are on the under, and I know that Kansas City's defense has played well, but I keep landing on some version, Christian, of like 28, 23, 27, 23, something like that, where it's just kind of nudging over the number. I don't think we're getting in the 30s, um and if one team gets there, it might be one of those 3117 type deals. But I don't know. I think this one is I, I mean, they, I think it's a game going into the fourth quarter. I don't know what you're expecting. It's not gonna be a blowout. Here's the one thing about the Super Bowl, like most of them have been great. Come down to the last possession, second to last possession. I, I tell you what, I really like our parlay to be honest with you. And I would take some of these five dollar bets, you know, that we've been talking about. And, and I would go with the whole um, – I would call it the uh, we're going to, to Disneyland options. Like before the Super Bowl, here's the other thing that they do. I don't know if they still do. I don't even know if Disney still does this anymore. So they go around to everybody and they go, here's a, basically a contract. and If you are picked to be the I'm going to Disneyland guy – Then we're going to ask you to do this. You're going to get to pay to do this, and you're going to have to do this. I remember all of us going, ooh, I wonder who's going to get it. And you're literally thinking in your head, okay, what do I have to do to be the I'm going to Disney World guy? Man, you have to play with a murderer. Well, uh, I mean, mean, you need it really. Where's Ray Lewis? Yeah, you need it to be, oh, that's right, Trent Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Trent Dilfer ended up getting it for free because they, they wanted nothing to do with Ray Lewis. Yeah, so you're having all these, you're daydreaming about what it would be like to actually be picked to do that and how many, you know, for me, I'm like, God, I'm going to have to catch a lot of touchdown passes and one's going to have to be in the fourth quarter because Brady will just get credit for it and they'll just pick him. Right? I'm going to have to have yeah, that. Yeah, that's Ty Law. Yeah, yeah. Or even Vrabel. One year, uh, Vrabel easily could have been the um, I'm going to Disneyland guy. Wow. Well, because he had a touchdown, a couple sacks. I mean, he was just balling in that game against Jacksonville. Oh, in Jacksonville against Philadelphia. Interesting because uh, I don't see Vrabel as the "Hey, I'm going to Disney World" guy. Yeah, but who would say no to that? <sighs> I don't know. It's a good question. What's the, the check that comes with? That? I don't even remember. It's I don't know, 50K, but, but you, like got, that? you get to go to. You know, I don't know. It's, it's there's it, there's just all these things that you're like, wow. If you're playing, if you decide to play sports, the championship atmosphere, the Super Bowl, especially. Because it just means so much, and there's so much attention on it, and it really is so unbelievably hard to get there. It's so hard to get there. Um, and then when you do, you hope you're immortal, not like Jackie Smith from the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. You know, there's good I used immortal. to have nightmares about that. There's good immortal and bad immortal. For those who don't know, the Dallas Cowboys lost one of the Super Bowls to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the uh, late 70s. Because Jackie Smith, the tight end for the Cowboys, had a ball hit him right in the hands. Yeah, and he came back. He wasn't really even playing. And they they decided they coaxed him back into playing, and he's wide open. He jump. He falls to his knees, tries to catch the ball, uses his body instead of his hands. Oh, heartbreaking! And you see it every single every year. year. And he falls on his ass. Uh, he's just like, like I uh, wish the ground would swallow me up. Yeah. And that was against one of those Steeler teams that went back-to-back. in. Yeah. It was back-to-back, then lost two, then went back-to-back once again. Uh, Albert is in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Albert. How's it going, guys? What's up?
3: You know, uh, you, you heard you guys analyzing the game. You know, Mahomes, 49ers, and 4 you obviously had to say, you know, the Brady effect, and I've seen people learn the hard way, and, you know, as if it's going to come down to just Mahomes. And it's just – You know it's amazing. You know you've been on teams like the first Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl with the Rams. You know he was strip strip sacked by Brandon Graham in a a game, even though he played really well. Where he wasn't even a factor in games where they've won, and other games where the defense made instrumental. Just Malcolm Butler, all time, all time play. And we well, they got the quarterback. Mahomes is better than Purdy. It's the Brady effect. He's been on the other guys. Like, you guys know the game, and you still want to use that stupid, strong argument as if the quarterback individually is going to make all the difference, even though right in front of your face, you've seen as great as Brady is, he has never won a Super Bowl with a defense that did not finish in the top 10. That is a fact. And it can't be disputed, but you still come up uh, with Albert, this stupid. Who cares? Again,
0: you're winning. I didn't want to take his call because uh, he's a world class ass. I, I know he's he's next I, level. I can't the fact stand that we the guy. Left However, be... we gave him too much time. But on the whole, yeah. Guess what? Here's a stupid narrative for you, because people think it's all about wide receivers and quarterbacks. Guess what? That's how people think. Unfortunately. But history has shown every year. Do you know what wins championships? Team. T E A M. Team. Every year. I don't care who you are. Go look it up. I know that there was a year where the Colts made the Super Bowl where their defense statistically was terrible. Then again, you start to dig into their playoff run or whatever, or how they're playing a little differently. Yeah, I mean, Albert's like he's breaking news here that the Patriots had some good defenses and the teams win championships. Jumping, Jesus! I know that's why there's there's listen it it's it it's it, it's a cliche because it's true, and that's all I'll say about it. It's true. You can't go into that game, and and if your defense doesn't hold. And you gotta answer. It's gonna be epically uh um important for them for you to have a guy like him. And I would say the biggest play of the game, one of the biggest games in that Kansas City game, um, was the Brady Mahomes, uh was the Patrick Mahomes throw. Big time throw, third down play, short yardage, could have ran it. He takes a massive risk and he and he and he and he hits it. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that, you know, how did how did you win two Super Bowls off the foot of a kicker? He was a part of it. Yeah. Like it's just so silly. Mike in the car on the Patriots and craft and spending and Mike Good. go ahead.
1: Yeah, that, thank you guys. I got an idiot. He just wants to troll Brady. Now, to my point, uh, guys. Uh, Bob Kraft is gaslighting Patriot fans, and it's really starting to annoy me. It, so we're led to believe that Belichick was in control of the spending in the organization, and then we had the same report not too long ago that Bob Kraft wouldn't let Tom let let Bill, Bel, uh, let Bill Belichick take back Jones. So how could he control the spending in one hand, and then say, "Oh, well, you can't control the personnel. We want that Jones." You're the head coach, Bill. You 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 make this work with your quarterback Matt Jones, even if you don't believe in him, and you want to trade him for a and then take, uh in the in the draft of the quarterback that, that Will Levis in, in in Kentucky, which we've been reading between the 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 leaves from, from the league. So what, what Bob Kraft's doing is kind of so disingenuous. The burial that that Bill Belichick is getting is so unbecoming of Bob Kraft and Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer and this organization, they think the fans are so dumb because they've been gaslit by uh, more who are on the other station and just basically create stupidity in Patriot Nation. I appreciate you, Greg. What you've done is you've been fair to Belichick in that he if they wanted to make the move, they had every right to make the move. You've been questioning it. They've been putting basically all the blame you know, the past couple of years on Bill Belichick. So if you're going to have it one way, Kraft, you're going to say that the spending was all Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick was why they were cheap and they weren't going top of the market and spending cap dollars. When when Belichick explained it himself and was saying that we always use our cap dollars, but we like to make sure that the twenty 21- one to 48 on our roster are deeper than the teams that want us invest in the top 22 on their roster. And, and Mike,
0: definitely- Mike, I got to run because Rob again said, I hear you. That was a bit of a soliloquy. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. To, I mean, but I, I uh, again, I, I get where Mike is coming from. It is definitely turned into uh, it is definitely turned into uh, your line, ding dong, the witch is dead. And it's like we're happy we killed him. Yeah. Now we're going to see how different everything is. And listen, maybe there is, maybe they're sitting down there just waiting, just salivating to throw 5 years and 90 million and 50 guaranteed to T Higgins and make everybody happy. And then it gets to the and then what stage? Like it feels like the flashy stuff for them to do will be very easy to do, and it will placate some. But is there going to be a real three-year thought process to this? Because as you and I have talked about, and we'll get into it more next week probably, look at all the guys that are free agents on defense. I think what's really flying under the radar here is that you have to figure out the guys on your roster that you want to keep here for the next three years so that you're not completely depleted and for a three-year period... Just trying to get yourself with veterans and people like that, so your youngs can then come in and help. They still have a lot of decisions to make on a lot of veteran players on this roster. Because contrary to popular belief, you can't get rid of everybody. Yeah, and last thing for me is uh, the funny thing that we're going to hear a lot of is suddenly the Holy Trinity is now includes Robin Glazier. Oh yeah, like every every decision is now like there's this like it's it's amazing how that that's now she she is now part. Of this, uh, you know, infrastructure that is making hardcore decisions and, you know, really in picking players in the draft and, you know, having final say on certain players or who come. It's like ridiculous. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a story to be told there on the whole sitting in the meetings and stuff like that, and uh, we might have to get to it next week because Are You Done is next.
4: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Now, more Gresh and Fourier
0: on
3: WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Now, it's time for... Are you done?
0: Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done?
3: On Gresh and Fourier.
0: Well, we're almost done on what was I don't know, Fourier, is this one of the busiest shows we have had in a long time? Pretty active, yeah. We didn't even get to Bill O'Brien becoming the uh, or uh, to name the Boston College head coach. I know. Uh, what do you I think of that gonna... real quick? Well, uh, like we talked about, it's a tough job um, and I, I know that he has his own personal reasons and maybe being the head coach of a Power 5 school in a tough area and a tough school to win at as opposed to being an offensive coordinator in a big school maybe that's more appealing and of course he does have a child that has special needs hospitals here i can understand why he doesn't want to move again i think there's i think there's you know? is a heavy family influence yeah. to bill o'brien but, right now but o'brien head coach at bc sounds right just the whole catholic irish catholic oh you know yeah interesting cool. we'll no see. and uh listen they got a good coach I um, think oh, he's, he's a great college coach. It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of number he ends up at. Like, is it four million? Is it five million? Does BC recognize? Okay, we were given happily three. Maybe we need to jack that up a little bit. I don't know where that'll land, but who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get to talk to Billy O next
2: week. We have people working on it. Uh, Billy Lanny. Are you done? I was going to, but I saw there was something in there under my name for oh, are you done. Oh,
0: yeah. Maybe I put
2: that in so there. set me to, up for an are you done. Uh, but I'm all in for it. Uh, well, it's a, we're it, on the road to WrestleMania. Let's go.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, and, uh, Fourier, I don't know if you have, uh, seen the latest turn in the road to WrestleMania where, uh, the rock came back and they were kind of teasing, setting up that. Cody Rhodes wasn't going to get to choose this championship match as the winner of the Royal Rumble because The Rock showed up to fight Roman Reigns.
2: And the audience hated it.
0: And, and they how about hated this? It. Not only did they hate it, WWE, it was the most on YouTube, their most disliked video ever. They pulled it down at one point. It had like, I'm not kidding, in a day... It had like over 500,000 dislike thumbs down on YouTube because fans were irate that Cody Rhodes wasn't going to get to quote-unquote finish his story. So So, they did not like the fact that The Rock came back and was being just uh, shoehorned into part of the... You nailed it, brother. Huh. So yesterday, and this was in Las Vegas, I do believe. So they have a WrestleMania 40 kind of press conference, Right and they had Cody... They are trying to figure out a way to switch this thing around, right? So they had The Rock and Roman Reigns standing beside each other, and they're, they are family, right? They're from the same Samoan heritage and all that stuff, or, you know, storyline, whatever. So Cody Rhodes basically insults The Rock and the family. It turned into The Rock grabbing the microphone and basically punking Cody Rhodes and slapping him across the face. So then... The guy who runs the creative, Triple H, was like, nope, I'm making the match. It's Roman and Cody. People are happy now. I don't know if The Rock's going to be at Mania or not, but I think WWE in there, hey, we got to find a way to redirect from Vince McMahon. Scrambling. Let's put The Rock in there. And the fans revolted to the point to where they changed the creative for Mania, and they did it with The Rock.
2: Slapping Cody Rhodes yesterday, is, and then doing a, a, a backstage interview where he was like cussing at, at Triple H. It's just it's the reason it's chaos is because it's so much happening so quick. Yeah. So the guy wins the Rumble, says he's going to fight Reigns on Friday. They're like, nope, the Rock's going to fight Reigns. And then yesterday, Thursday, no, it's Cody again. It's just they can't get out of their own way. <laughs> they're like the Patriots. They like they wanted, they thought they were doing something people would love. They hated it, so now they have to find a way to fix it.
0: Interesting. I thought that was a good thing when like. The fans
2: are against it, right? I don't you kind of. With the wrestling business, I don't know why they got so bent out of shape because, like, even if it's a dislike, it's a reaction. Yes, that's my company, point. The whole company is based on reaction. No reaction is the worst reaction. So, yeah, so it's not like they're so going to boycott. Neg- right, even if it's negative, it's still people took time out of their day to let you know that they didn't like it. Huh. That's what I'm amazed they actually went back on the it so tried- proper on TV. Well, yeah.
0: they kind of had to. I mean, you know, there was so much just uh backlash and negativity and i mean there were people that how about this the rock's daughter is on smackdown
2: or nxt one of the two she got booed she was getting death threats she was getting people boo- sending her yeah. death threats like she's not connected like obviously it's her father but like she's not connected to the story in any way whatsoever and she was catching heat wow I mean, even the daughter—it really wasn't. I mean,
0: Is the, the daughter was, any good? People were pissed. Oh, she's like twenty-one, and I, they got her as—I don't know—like a talking head, like a GM of one of the brands or something. I don't know. It's weird. They're they're really shoehorning her huh, in there, right. but they don't tell people it's the Rock's daughter. Ah. Like, it's not like they're saying, hey, this is Ava Rain, The Rock's daughter. It's just like, oh, here's another character on the show. And if you know, you know type
2: thing. Then you know because she's a 20-year-old female that looks just like The Rock.
0: Uh, well, there is that too. There's
2: no denying that that's his daughter. <laughs> There's, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and if you've seen uh, The Rock's ex-wife, Danny Garcia, yeah. she's a power lifter. Yeah. I mean She looks like she's still powerlifting Her brother is the rock stunt double in movies How crazy is that? It's unbelievable the the amount of business he does with his ex-wife It's kind of amazing
2: When does his football league start up?
0: Uh, March Soon Yeah, soon Oh yeah, it's all blending together for that guy It's pretty crazy So anyway, WWE righted the wrong Uh, That is it, we are done Foyer's off on Monday A couple of home games after that And uh, that'll get us into uh, next week. Braverman and Billy produced it on the radio side. If something went wrong, blame them. Coop on the video side. Hopefully Coop has a nice weekend up in Maine. Jones and Mega are next. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hart and I will break it down Monday morning at 10 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.